Hello, and welcome to the Euro What from WhatElseIsOn.tv. I'm Mike McComb, and I'm your host for this mini-episode. A lot has happened in the last week, and we wanted to give you an update on what's been going on, as well as a preview of what's in store for this week. Ben Smith will be joining in later for a preview of the United Kingdom selection process, but let's go over the news from the last week first. Ireland has selected acoustic guitarist Ryan O'Shaughnessy to represent them in Lisbon. Ryan first rose to fame on Irish soap operas before competing on Britain's Got Talent and Ireland's version of The Voice. No word yet on when his song Together will be released, but if you are interested in checking him out, he's actually on tour in the United States. We'll have a link to his tour date schedule in the show notes. Cyprus decided to scrap their plans for a national final and instead chose Eleni Foraira to be their representative. A pop star based in Greece, Foraira will be singing the song Fuego in Portugal. That song's release is also TBD. Follow-up from last week's episode, Ukraine's broadcaster confirmed that they will be able to broadcast Russia's performer Yulia Semolova, so shenanigans have been averted. For now. Finally, over the weekend, Malta and Switzerland made their selections. We will go in depth on both of those uh, in our next full episode, which drops next week, but we will have links to the videos of the winning entries in our show notes. Malta selected Taboo by Christabel Borg, and Switzerland chose Stones by Zibs. So that makes six songs that have been chosen and publicly put on display. We only have 37 more songs to go before we're done with selection season. Coming up this week in the TV listings, Italy's San Remo Music Festival will be starting Tuesday evening and running through Saturday. The winner of the San Remo Festival has first dibs on representing Italy at Eurovision. They may not necessarily decide to move on to Eurovision. In that case, the festival will decide who the representative will be. San Marino will be having their first round of their national selection process called 1 in 360. The way that this process works, it's the first time that San Marino has done a national selection process, and people from all over the world were able to submit their entries online, and entrants were decided by public vote, fan club votes, and jury votes. 11 people will be competing, and there'll be two rounds and then a final. It's kind of an up-in-the-air process, so we'll see how it turns out. Denmark released their songs for their Dansk Melodi Grand Prix, which is their national final. The songs have been put on Spotify, but as of this recording, they aren't yet available for American audiences. They're still geo-blocked. But that national final will be airing on Saturday. There's actually a whole bunch of national selections, preliminary rounds, finals, all that stuff happening this weekend, and it's just going to get busier from here. If you go to our homepage at eurovision.whatelseison.tv, you can see a full schedule of what's coming up this weekend. Coming up on Wednesday is the United Kingdom selection, Eurovision, You Decide. Ben wanted to talk about that more in depth. We've got that discussion coming up right now. Hey, Mike. Hey, Ben. How's it going? 
Ah, uh, good. How are you? Doing all right. Yeah, just kind of recovering from all of the Eurovision finals and selection shows that are happening this weekend. Everything's really starting to ramp up quite a bit. Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a busy, busy Saturday. I watched the end of the Swiss stuff today. Things are happening, which is exciting. Yeah, and it's only going to get busier in the coming weeks, which is pretty yep. exciting for us. Yeah, like one thing that we mentioned uh, last episode that I wanted to pull off in its own sort of mini discussion was the UK. If nothing else, purely from an American perspective, you know that at least their song's going to be in English, although the English tends to be kind of the national language of Eurovision. But the UK, it seems like somebody that where I have more of a connection with. But lately, and by lately, I mean like the past decade, it's not been going great. Like they've only skipped out on Eurovision twice in 1956 and 1958, but they haven't won since 1997. So what's been going on there? So 1997, it was Katrina and the Waves. Not with Walking on Sunshine. Not with Walking clear. on Sunshine, yeah. but with... <laughs> That was that was the eighties. Uh, this was with "Love Shine a Light," lovely song. But then, like nothing has happened since like nineteen ninety seven. Not for lack of trying. It's just sort of been a long, rocky road. Considering that I haven't started watching Eurovision till like twenty ten ish, and UK still seems to be sliding even from then. And my understanding was that a lot of people consider the low point to be mid 2000s it's like ooh, okay uh what's been happening with the uk ben <laughs> so the big one is that in 2003 they sent some act called gemini and that's gemini with a j of course got the dreaded null point or zero points in the final which the uk blamed on the iraq war <laughs> we're just like people are not happy that we're in this and they're taking it out on our eurovision entry which is pretty bold uh, like right before we started recording this i watched that video and it was not a good performance like it started off off key and never recovered so i mean it's possible that there was just like some sort of technical issue that was happening during their performance but but also um, it was just very bad yeah the war has caused a lot of problems since 2003 this should this is not, not be one part of, of that list so. they had done sort of a final structure where they let people televote in and choose their entry it's your vision your choice all the way up until 2007 2008 we had like scooch and andy abraham both of which ended up in last place or near last place no no point but uh still pretty low and i was like this this is it because in 2009 their entry went into fifth place but if your entry would go to fifth place too if you had andrew lloyd weber and diane warren writing it diane warren doesn't write 24th place entries no no now was scooch was that the one with the airline yes flight attendant scooch, scooch was the airline but it's it's just bad 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 yeah because it's like it's all double entendre right yes oh okay it's double entendres that are performed like single entendres, and it's just not great. It's very Benny Hill, but without yeah. like the <laughs> without the wackety sax, <laughs> the epic wackety sax. Yeah, the epic wackety sax. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's just bad. And again, like I was like, this, this is it. This is the this is the bottom of the barrel. But then I forgot that in 2010, uh, they hired two of Stock Aiken and Waterman to write the entry. And poor Josh Jubervi, uh in 2010 got sent to Norway with a song that was clearly written for, well, we don't know if the person singing this is going to be a guy or a girl, so we're going to just write it very generically. And there are certain like Stock Aiken Waterman songs I like, but there's a certain plasticity to the sound that I appreciate them for. 
and it doesn't sound modern. It didn't sound modern in 2010. It wouldn't sound modern now. It sounds very 80s in a bad way, and it's not helped by like a very, very cheesy presentation and some backing singers who are flat. I remember that one because that was my first Eurovision and just being like, oh, you can't, no, you need you need to stop this right now. Turn, turn off the Casio, please. <laughs> <laughs> I think at that point, the UK, at least internally, was like, oh God, we've thrown everything at the wall and nothing stuck. What do we do? Uh, what they do is they take away the power from the people. Because the people have proven that given the opportunity to vote for something, they're not going to take it seriously and they're going to send the worst possible thing. Anyways, they bring things internal for a few years and start off with Blue, who I think was like some sort of second or third tier boy band that never made it to the States but had a couple hits in the UK. So it's somebody who's had a proven record of being able to sing a song well. And that did decently and it, it didn't come in last. They're like, okay, cool. Uh, we're just going to keep doing this and we're going to figure out somebody internally and... There seemed to be a pattern of, okay, so whose career currently needs a resuscitation? Because you have Engelbert Humperdinck, who has a very fun name to say. Yeah, <laughs> of Eddie Izzard fame. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, Engelbert Humperdinck gets hired to sing a very nice ballad. This was 2012, so it's probably... They're, they're busy hosting the Olympics. They've got one big event that they're in the middle of that's coming up. They don't want to have to worry about planning another big one the next year, too. So send somebody competent, but that will not win. And they did a very good job of doing that. They did a so, very yeah. they did an excellent job of it because he did not do that great. It's a nice song. It's a little bit slow. Probably a good room clearer. Not Eurovision gold. Nothing objectionable about it. I, I still listen to it when it pops up on my iPod. They followed up with Bonnie Tyler, who apparently like got asked to do it at the peak of her fame in the 80s and wisely said no because she was too big for this. But back in 2013, she was back right at Eurovision level and brought some very nice sort of country tinge number, Believe in Me, and the general public did not believe in her and she did not do that great. Yeah, it was not a good performance at the final. It, it sounded really rough. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was kind of uncomfortable to watch. Still love you, Bonnie, but... Following that, the UK was like, okay, so the resuscitation paddles for various careers have not really worked, so let's do some sort of other internal selection where we're going to work with like various indie artists and we're going to do like a bunch of smaller club stuff and find somebody that way, which I thought was a very smart choice at the time have some sort of control over the quality while also not just like propping up some old person that probably shouldn't be at the Eurovision stage. Uh, they sent Molly, which at the time I remember really liking Children of the Universe and being like, yeah, the UK's got it. They figured it out this time. Every time I do that with Eurovision stuff, I am wrong. I'm very wrong. Do not believe me. And also, like, I went back, like, right before we started recording and listening to this, and I'm just like, yeah, this sounds like something that plays in the background of, like, the Christmas episode of Doctor Who. Yeah, I just remember when this selection was made, just how outlandish the enthusiasm was from like my uk like facebook and twitter friends they were just so gaga over this song it's just like have you listened to the lyrics they're really not that great like it's really generic stadium rock ish but mm -hmm. like with a lilith fair twinge i'm not sure where the unbridled enthusiasm came from I would like to think that's largely just sort of a, oh, thank goodness it's somebody new. Yeah, there, there was sort of like the NPR Tiny Desk Concert-ishness about how they did their selection, which was encouraging. Yeah, like, I really like that approach, but then again, they took that, and then next you're like, here's the next big thing, Electro Velvet. Mm. 
And the greater European Broadcasting Union was like, no, electro swing is not a thing. Yeah. I will say, like, that one killed at my Eurovision party. And I was really? very, I was slightly baffled. In fairness, the actual performance needed about, like, four or five more people dancing in the background. But it was very athletic. There was, like, a nice winking quality to it. Any sort of, like, winking, jokey sort of thing doesn't really align with Eurovision. They they tend to go for sincerity. Yeah, there was a sort of snarkiness to that particular selection and the content of the song. But then mm-hmm. it also, I think it was trying to be a genuine electro swing style song, but then it gets into what uh, we were calling on the website audible blackface, which just, no. The 20 style of scat singing does not really work today for a number of reasons. Yeah, particularly from a pasty English gentleman. It's just very unpleasant to listen to. <laughs> You were very white. Yeah, you, you, sir, are not Louis Armstrong. <laughs> After Electro Velvet, I think that the bloom had faded off of picking things internally. It's like, okay, maybe we're also bad at this. Maybe we should just at least give it back to the people if we're all going to be bad at this. Which we have, I'm completely blanking on the names of the two boys, in the sort of one directiony number. They did not do that great. Uh, we had Lucy Jones last year. Which, that one surprised me. I did not expect that one to do as well as it did. And I think part of it was, like, the tinkering they did between, like, the version chosen and the Mm -hmm. version performed. That one was definitely on my list of most improved entries of last year. All of the choices for last year's entries I thought were kind of dour and just really not peppy in any sort of way. And Mm -hmm. it's still a power ballady type song. And I'm not even sure what the tinkering is that they did, but like it's a very subtle change that they made and it made it much more palatable. I thought that the the actual performance they put together for it was very lovely. A lot of that really helped boost them back to sort of like 15th place or so, I think. So they were really like the UK's goal for Eurovision is... A, do we want to win? Which the answer has seemed to be, at least for the last decade, no, they don't really want to win. But also, how can we not come in last place? Right. With Brexit looming, they probably just want to be like, how can we not like anger our neighbors and have them lash out in this way? That is an abbreviated history of the UK and the Eurovision Song Contest for the last 15 years. We used to let people pick, and then we stopped. And then we started it again because we also did a bad job. Will people be able to do a better job? I don't know. Part of it depends on the choices that they have. <laughs> so, right. I, I do like that the name of this is Eurovision. You decide. I uh, remember seeing an article last year where one of the hosts is Mel from Great British Bake Off or Great British Baking Show, depending on where, where you are localized. And uh, she was just like, oh, yeah, right. having it be Eurovision, you decide. That means when we don't do well, we can blame it on the public instead of on the BBC. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> and well, she was uh, like very upfront about that. Be like, oh, okay. <laughs> She will be returning to host this year, along with Man Zelmerlov, who won for Sweden in 2015 and co-hosted the 2016 Eurovision Song Contest. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's kind of a Eurovision celebrity in that he'll pop up anywhere. He popped up in a couple of skits in last year's show. And yeah, very pleasant on the eyes, so he mm-hmm. can pop up wherever he would like. So, And it looks like they're getting kind of a, a glow up this year, because like, I remember like a couple years ago, like they were doing the selection like BBC4. And it looks like they're on BBC Two this year. They are moving up the moving dial, on up. So yeah, <laughs> not not quite on BBC One yet, but uh, BBC Two will do. My understanding is BBC Two handles most of the Eurovision stuff. Like I believe the semifinals are held on BBC Two, and it's just the grand final that's put on BBC One, which is fine. I mean, that really does not affect any of us here in the US. 
So the format of this is there's going to be six songs that are competing. It'll be half televote, half international jury that will decide which entry will go on to perform in Lisbon. The songs were released on January 24th. There were videos placed on BBC's iPlayer, and they're also available on YouTube. They're all lyric videos. And they're all terrible. Yeah. They're all just atrocious, and it's like they had one day at one of those photo places with, like, the brick wall that's all destroyed and painted on. And, like, the direction was given to every performer was, you're a singer. Yeah, it's, it's very stock photo-y, and somebody found the Ken Burns filter on their final cut or whatever editing program they were using for the video that's very generous i was going to say windows movie maker i don't know how generic the uh, ken burns effect has gotten in video editing it's been a while since i've tinkered with that yeah. <laughs> but it's they're not great but i mean they're just there to kind of convey information than be like sources of entertainment which is a weird way to think about it now that i'm saying it they're there to convey information to the information this is the lyrics they should not show those on the screen no no so we're gonna go kind of give a our initial thoughts of these entries going in the running order that will be happening on Wednesday. And we'll also have uh, links to all of these videos in our show notes uh, so you can see and judge for yourself before you decide who goes to Eurovision, provided that you are in the UK. Because we do not have a vote in this. So the first entry is from the trio Goldstone. It's a song called I Feel the Love. Here is a clip. Mike, your take on this one? Yeah, okay, so there was a trio last year uh, named Ogene. They yep. represented the Netherlands. There was yep. a, a group of three sisters, very reminiscent of Wilson Phillips, um, yep. able to hit their harmonies. It was a very heartfelt song. It was about their mother uh, who was struggling with cancer. This song has really none of that chemistry story anything looking at the photos on these videos it looks like they just met maybe five minutes before the photos were taken not a fan of this entry (laughs) yeah like i i was not a fan of this one either i think the first time i tried listening to it i got through about 30 seconds and just like stopped having now listened to the full song for all three minutes Mm -hmm. this death feels like at any moment it's going to transition from this into bang bang as part of a medley at like some county fair yeah it's just not great but the thing is, okay, Bang Bang, I used to think was just a disposable pop song, but then I was in a battle of the bands at work a couple of years ago, and mm-hmm. Bang Bang was on our track list. It's a really, really hard song to execute well. Anytime that it comes up on one of these like Eurovision selection shows or American Idol or anything like that, mm-hmm. my heart goes out to the person. It's like, okay, if you can deliver this... Like, you deserve to win because it's that difficult. But if you fail, it's okay because it was designed so that you would fail just so that you realize, oh, yeah, these notes just keep going up, don't they? (laughs) Well, I like the other thing this reminded me of unfavorably uh, is Bananarama in that they're all kind of singing in sort of the same voice. Mm. And there's like occasional harmonies, but like not really 
they're not really like hitting as tightly as someone like Ogene did last year. Right. It's harmonizing on a single note instead yeah. of just being like, oh, I'm going to sing the A part uh, up here, and then I'm going to sing the B part down here. And Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It feels like Bananarama attempting Bang Bang, and that's just not a good thing for anybody. <laughs> but now I want that. <laughs> I also would like to hear that at least once. The next entry is from a man named Jazz Ellington, and his song is called You. Here's a clip. She makes me coffee for my work. She'll sing my songs in bed till three. By my side, she'll stay like glue. But she won't never be. Ben? This is a hot nope from me. I concur. This is just like a bad Hallmark greeting card of a song. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. One of the songwriters on it has had a lot of Eurovision experience and has had a lot of success at Eurovision and also a lot of baffling entries at Eurovision, but you would hope that on the average they would fall in the middle. Yeah, just this is not clicking for me. And and mostly it's the lyrical content. Like the mm-hmm. the actual melody's fine, the actual backing is fine. It's just the lyrics just no, no thank you. This is like listening to your friend talk about how they were on a date and they could only think about their ex. Ugh. There's no there there. <laughs> There's no there there. Is, yeah. is where we're is where we're getting to. Yeah, as is the case with a lot of the people competing this year. Uh, Jazz Ellington was a uh, contestant on the UK's version of The Voice, so he has the vocal talent. It's just not being paired up with anything worthwhile. Yep. Which, speaking of Voice UK contestants not paired with anything worthwhile, Liam Tam. Let's play a clip of Astronaut. When all you So here's the thing. I would really like a moratorium on space analogies, at least until next year's contest. And that's out of respect for Montenegro's entry from last year, where it took the space metaphor and made a song that was absolutely filthy, absolutely delightful. (laughs) And this song can't even clean that song's shoes. Like That's how disappointing the metaphor is here. I would like to second your motion and also add on a a clause where if you do want to use space or astronauts or planets in the metaphor, in the central metaphor of your song, you need to sit through at least one 50-minute lecture on that topic led by a, a university professor. And once you've completed that, then you may continue with your song. Another one that's just kind of pulling on all of the Eurovision tropes of, like, space and rockets and stars and gravity and just all of these one-word terms that 
are supposed to evoke emotion, even if there's nothing to support that goal. It's got like a little bit of kind of that Diplo, Justin Bieber, where are you now? Mm -hmm. What do you mean kind of backing where it's kind of tropical house light, kind of synthy, doing some interesting vocal sampling stuff, but still needs to be more up-tempo. Yeah. Like, like if it was just, just like that slight bit more up tempo, like I could see this thing suddenly getting like a bunch of Spotify streams as like part of some very nice playlist that I don't subscribe to. Right now, just as it is, it's just like a little bit too slow and a little bit too nothing there. Kind of a snooze. So mm-hmm. yeah, the next entry is called "Crazy" by Rhea. Here's a clip. You got me like, ooh, you run my mind on my mind all of the time like ooh, you're on my mind get on my mind you're making me So this one's an interesting one. It was co-written by Greta Salome, who has represented Iceland a couple of times. Uh, She represented them in 2012 and uh, most recently in 2016. 2016. I really liked her song from 2016. It was kind of sad it didn't get through, although I really liked it better in its original Icelandic, which is a very hipster thing for me to say. (laughs) Her song from 2016, I Hear Them Calling, it's kind of... I don't know if it's explicitly about like mental illness or like anxiety or any of those sort of topics, but it really does kind of capture that sort of mental space. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if she's trying to recreate that with crazy, but it's not really working for me. Like lyrically, there's just not a lot going on with this entry. Well, yeah, if just lyrically, it feels very, very generic, but it's mm-hmm. generic in a way that somehow doesn't feel Eurovision-y enough for me. Like, this feels, like, slightly... Well, it's not that it feels too good for Eurovision, but it doesn't feel... It feels like a pop song that's, like, one draft away from having something there. I can see that. Yeah, where it's... And, and this is something that has happened in Iceland before, and it's it's not necessarily a good thing, where it's just like, oh, it's a song that is mostly hook and mm-hmm. not really chorus or verse, but, like, the hook isn't really hooky enough on this. Yeah, and. Yeah, there's just not, not not a lot to kind of hang your hat on with this song. Right. I mean, I, I see why, compared to some of the rest of the field, it's getting a lot more traction with listeners, because it looks like, because we've got some listener counts here, and it's currently second amongst those. So I see why it's maybe appealing to people, but it's something still seems kind of off about this one. Doesn't feel like it's 100% where it needs to be. Yeah, it needs, it needs just like a little bit of a push production-wise. And who knows, maybe, maybe when it's performed live, that's the element that's missing, because with all of these lyric videos, it is all static images and maybe there's just a charisma about the song that exists when you're seeing the performer actually performing it exactly we mentioned the youtube views the one that's getting the most views at the moment is by asanda the song legends here's a clip of that Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So Asanda is uh, alumna of uh, Britain's Got Talent, and looking over how she did on that show, she auditioned with a Rihanna song, did a couple of Beyonce songs, and you can definitely get that from this track. You get that vibe from this track. I'm glad that UK has finally figured out that it's like, oh, you have all of this homegrown talent. Maybe you should showcase that. Yeah, maybe (laughs) you should tap that keg. Yeah, there's something about this song that doesn't that isn't quite grabbing me, but mm. I can see I can see why it could potentially do very well. And like there have been a lot of entries in national selections this year that are trying to sort of tread this Rihanna light ground, and it seems like UK might be the one to deliver that if if this does if this does as well as it currently seems to be doing. This is definitely my favorite of the bunch, so I'm I'm all in for it. I mean, it's still I don't know if it's going to turn the UK's fortunes around at Eurovision, but I'd like the idea of them sending something that is not typical for the contest and possibly being the trendsetter for the next year. Uh, Just because although a lot of Rihanna light songs have been at national selections, they haven't necessarily been advancing. So it would be nice to see maybe a move in that direction. And then Mm -hmm. maybe in 2019, 2020, we'll actually see like more of what is the current pop sound right now is this a timeless sound or a sound of our times right um, is this the new dubstep i don't know we'll find out in a couple years i guess like in a couple yeah. years if we have a bunch of songs that sound like this yes it was because a couple years ago everything had a dubstep drop yeah <laughs> everything but we have one more entrant to discuss yes the song is called storm and it's by suri let's take a listen We can hold our hands I don't like this song. <laughs> I really don't like this song. <laughs> I something like of the entries this is the one that clicked with me and i don't know why because it it feels it's not great but like it just it it was warm and comforting and like an old friend and felt like okay we couldn't afford any lennox and even if even though we throw a bunch of money at her she's not going to come so this person has a short haircut it's similarly generic like a lot of these entries are very generic if nothing else i appreciate the scientific accuracy We, we mentioned the issues with the various space songs this year and this one, I mean, the, the central hook of this song is that storms eventually go away, which is true. Storms don't last forever, Mike. I would like a little bit more accuracy or perhaps fewer mixed metaphors in, yeah. in a song. But yeah, there, there's something that just felt very comforting about the fact that you knew exactly where this song was going, like just from like a hey brother, I'm like there's going to be a hey sister later. And I was correct. I just find this to be part of the UK problem where I think they have either an adversarial or at least a fraught relationship with the concept of Eurovision. So there's just a lot of painting by numbers and Mm -hmm. just having these not wasting their top talent on 
what they consider to be a less than noble cause. Like, I'm, I'm not yeah, even... Yeah, they, they, they're not sure whether they want to, like, go gung-ho into this or just be kind of cool and aloof and over it. Right. And I guess they're being kind of hipstery about it. Like, it's like, oh, we were in Eurovision before, it was cool, and now it's cool, so we don't want to, like, be anywhere near it. Mm-hmm. And just from a, a writing perspective, like, this song just drives me nuts because it's it just sort of see, like, how the song was constructed and that there was very little effort put into it. And Mm -hmm. if there was a lot of effort put into it, I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, you need to mask that better. I mean, it's one of the issues that I have, and this kind of goes with a lot of the other songs that are in this field where it's like English is the first language of the songwriter, but it really does seem like this went through Google translate a couple of times. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't understand. I would like to know more about the UK's overall strategy with Eurovision. Mm-hmm. Like, is there a five-year plan? Like- I mean, one thing I will say in this entry's favor is that unlike some of the other songs, like, I'm not sure I can mentally visualize what a performance of Crazy looks like or what Legends looks like, but mm-hmm. I know exactly what Storm looks like. I can I see, like, the background. I mean, the background, obviously, Storm Clouds. You have a thunderstorm right. going on. Uh, there's a wind machine involved. Mm-hmm. There are, like, some nice big sweeping camera moves from one side of the stage to the other during, like, the big uplifting chorus part. You know, it's very easy to see. So it has that going for it in that it feels very Eurovision-y, but that's also not necessarily... Again, like, you should be trying to lead the packet as to where music is going rather than just repeating what's worked in the past. Particularly because the United Kingdom, as one of the big five, they automatically get to go into the final, so... Like, they don't have to go through the sort of vetting that yeah. the semifinalists have to go through. And, I mean, I guess that's the advantage of that position. I just want more of an A effort, and I feel like I'm getting a B minus C plus effort. Yeah. You can do better, UK. <laughs> <laughs> you can do better, UK. I've Well, and especially looking at... I mean, the UK is not just England. You also have Scotland, where you have interesting electropop from groups like churches. You have Wales. Mm who has, like, a yeah. whole other language. And you have areas like Cornwall, which also has its own, like, language. Like, there is Gweno, the singer from, from Wales, who also has Cornish ancestry, who does really, really interesting kraut pop that is, like, five minutes long, so it's certainly not suitable for this, but is doing interesting stuff. So you have the resources. Use them. Like, I saw an article just this morning where one of the Scottish broadcasters was just like, hey, why don't we try, like, rotation system where one year Britain will choose and the next year Wales and then Scotland and then Northern Ireland. BBC's response was, the BBC is who chooses for Eurovision. (laughs) Have a nice day. (laughs) The BBC was like, hey, we're the BBC. Probably won't be any major changes. Wednesday's show should be interesting. Like, I love Mel yeah. uh, from Great British Bake Off, and Mans is a great host, so I have a feeling the, the two of them are going to have really good chemistry. Yeah, I, I feel like, if nothing else, the hosting is going to be fun. If nothing else, the, the, the skit bits will be a little bit more comprehensible than something like Malta's was, and we'll get into that next episode. But uh, what, what's your prediction for, for Wednesday? Who do you think is going to take it? <sighs> Oof, that is a good question. I mean, based on YouTube views alone, uh, Asanda Legends seems to be running away with this. I'm going to put a big asterisk next to that just because last year San Marino was running away with YouTube views. Like, they were getting more YouTube views than Sweden was. Yeah, it's probably going to be either Legends or Crazy that ends up moving forward. I think I would agree with you there just based, like, let's assume that the people who are watching these videos on YouTube and on iPlayer are the same people who are going to watch this program on Wednesday and vote in it. 
if that's the case, mm-hmm. those are those are your top two, and then the jury the jury votes will ultimately decide which one of those makes it. But yeah, we'll see. Who knows? Maybe maybe we will have a storm, or maybe one of these other ones that we immediately dismissed will will take it by surprise, and then we'll just, and then we can just go. What are you doing? I have a really difficult time picturing the jury going for either I feel the love you or astronaut maybe for storm especially if it's the sort of performance that you were describing earlier with like all of the kind of predictable visuals and i'm hoping for legends just so that it's something interesting like i i think legends would be the most interesting choice of the six yeah any parting thoughts before we let the uk decide (laughs) remember uk it's your decision yes and you have to live with the consequences (laughs) That'll do it for this episode of the Euro What. Thanks for listening. The Euro What podcast is a production of WhatElseIsOn.tv. Our Eurovision News and Research Division specialists are Ryan Brazell, Mike McComb, and Ben Smith. Follow our coverage of the 2018 Eurovision Song Contest at our website, Eurovision.WhatElseIsOn.tv. You can also catch us on social media at EuroWhat on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. If you'd like to contact us by email, we can be reached at esc at whatelseison.tv. We'd love to hear your questions and comments. You can subscribe to the Euro What on iTunes and Google Play. While you add the subscription, leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. We'll be back with more Eurovision updates next week.